0: I'm Rebecca, and we are Mama Bear Apologetics.
1: We're just two gals talking about life's big questions from a biblical worldview. Because when it comes to the battle of ideas, we need to be able to say, Mess with my kids, and I will demolish your arguments.
0: You mess, I demolish. Got it? Capiche!
1: <laughs> Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your
0: faith, but it might affect your children's.
1: Welcome to another episode of Mama Bear Apologetics. I am your host, Hilary Morgan Ferrer, and with me as always is the lovely Rebecca Valerius.
0: <laughs> not, I don't feel so lovely right now. <laughs> in my, I'm I'm, look at me, I'm in my workout clothes, and I Aww. didn't even work out. <laughs> you didn't work out. Does that well, count? You know, <laughs> it's the next best thing. Does it count is if it? you put on your workout clothes but then take a nap? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've done that many I, times. trying to think if I've done that before I'm sure I have before no I I, yeah no I I do that a lot I have very good intentions and get very busy
1: That sounds like a story for a lot of moms, and which kind of is actually a perfect segue to what we were just talking about. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that I think a lot of moms experience, uh, something that you you've told me about, Rebecca, and that is mom guilt.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. Mom guilt.
1: So tell <sighs> us a little bit about... The definition of mom guilt, Rebecca.
0: Yeah, and and you're wondering, okay, what does this have to do with mama bear apologetics? I think it has a lot to do because I think one of the things that moms feel feel guilty about is taking breaks. And I think um, taking a break is very important for emotional, intellectual, spiritual health. And I do think guilt... Um, that we carry along with us, even if we take breaks, guilt and other areas about being moms can actually—it's it, just very draining. It's a constant drain on your energy and your your spiritual well-being. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm doing a um a small group thing at my church, the the women's group, and it's on the good and beautiful God. And so at the end of mm. this, it's got by a guy named uh, James Bryant Smith, I think he. Mm was kind of had been discipled by both Dallas Willard and a guy named Richard J. Foster, who wrote the book Celebration of Discipline.
0: Yeah, he also, I think, wrote a really good book on um, classic devotions. Um, He probably did, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's he's known for, for several things. But um, at the end of each chapter in The b- Good and Beautiful God, that has something called soul training exercises. And instead of the idea of, you know, calling this discipline, it's the same thing because basically when you're in training, you're learning discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, it's soul training exercises. And the very first one, I believe, for the first chapter is like the best exercise ever. <laughs> and it's basically sleep as long as you can. And I think this is something, and he, he's saying how uh, without just, we have this mass epidemic of people who are chronically under underrested. rested. And I would say, especially moms, moms would probably be one of the primary demographics. I know there's a few moms in the study that are like, that sounds like a great idea, but
0: yeah, it's a, it's a complex thing. I think, I think part of the reason is that we do have this kind of breakdown of community and we don't have these older women, older moms that are around us that can say, I was there <laughs> yeah. and I remember that and let me just encourage you to do this and do that. I didn't do it and here, you do this and do that. You know, let me just encourage you. you don't have to we don't have these older women in the faith that can come alongside of us. It's very difficult to find that in a church these days. Then we go online and there I really do think that we have too much information. There's a lot of TMI in our world today. <laughs> <laughs> and part of it, the TMI aspect, is that we don't know how to filter. And um, if we were in a really strong community of, of godly women, if we, especially in contact with these older women and grandmothers and um, older mothers that have you know, maybe older children or children that are starting their own families, they are the ones that can come alongside us and help us filter all the information that we're yeah. given but we don't have that and we just have each other in a way and we don't have any way to moderate what we're getting and what we're being told that we have to do and we're supposed to do and we have to stay away from this and we can't do this and we can't let our children sleep on their stomach and oh my goodness you <laughs> cannot have it has to be all organic and oh my gosh you cannot give them vaccines and you know they're just, and if you give them vaccines they're going to be scarred for the rest of their life you know you get all this information and I know that is a hot topic and people get very emotional of it and that's part of the reason and i I I experienced this as a young mother um, who felt very, uh, very isolated. Um, Part of it, we were going to a church that was 30 minutes away. And I didn't really have these older women in my life. And I was getting online and I was reading all this stuff. And I had some women in my life that were telling me I need to do this and this and this and this. And I didn't have enough of a community to kind of, you know, moderate all that. And I was very overwhelmed. And I felt I, and, and you're already in a very scared, scary part. And I think it's more scary today because we have more information. Yeah.
1: It's like 101 ways that uh, you could seriously screw up your kid or yes. that you
0: could. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and, of course, then we have the whole child psychology field, which, you know, people didn't have 100 years ago. So you have all this thing, you know, this, uh, these ideas. Well, if I, if I accidentally yell at my child, they're going to be permanently damaged. They're going to become an axe murderer or something crazy like that. <laughs> and, and so and when you're a young mom and you're already afraid and you have an information overload, which creates its own kind of fear. Yeah, because in a way, it's like it's hard to put it into context and to um, prioritize it. Prioritize it, and you you read about these murders and stuff, but then you have to kind of think and statistically, and most most of us don't. And then you have all the hormones going on. (laughs) (laughs) You really do, and then you add to that a lack of sleep and being physically exhausted because, with you know, a mom of young, aged children it's physically exhausting in a way that is unlike having any other age children. Now I will say as they get older, it is kind of exhaust physically exhausting too, because you're driving them everywhere (laughs) to (laughs) all their activities. And that's a whole nother mom guilt area. But, um, yeah. And I, I just felt overwhelmed. And, um, I, I think I, at the time I was really struggling with depression, probably postpartum. Um, I, I have a, tendency toward depression. I think I've shared that before. And I was dealing with anxiety and having panic attacks, but I have talked to so many moms now. And, and when you really get past all the, um, surface levels discussion, (laughs) you get to the heart and you, they're struggling with the same things. I've met so many that are struggling with panic attacks and anxiety. Mm. And I just do everything I can to tell them I have been there. I understand. And one of the most important things that I learned was to rest and not feel guilty um, for putting my children in, you know, quiet time. My oldest gave up her, started giving up her naps at about a year old.
1: Oh wow. That's young.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then I very quickly, you know, I got pregnant at, when she was around 18 months and then had our next one when she was a little over 2 but i just started putting her in her bed and she would have playtime and she'd sit up there and talk with her her <laughs> pet her, her stuffed animals and just talk I talk, can talk.
1: totally picture her doing that. Oh she my loves goodness. to talk. And so uh, it, you just yeah. take away an audience and she'll create an audience. She created just keep
0: talking. Oh my goodness. So she had her alone time so mommy could have her quiet time, which is really kind of funny because now She has to have her quiet time from her sister. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) But, you know, I guess that's valid, too. Sometimes you just need to be alone, and that's okay. And sometimes as moms, we feel guilty that we're not, you know, oh, no, we have to be doing all this educational stuff and, you know, age-appropriate games. And you have all this information, and it's just oh, it's it's overwhelming. Someone posted a,
1: an article. It was uh, like a year or two ago, or, or maybe it's just... I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was this article about a woman who... She she noticed how many times her child wanted to show her something mm-hmm. and then thought about how many times she was on her phone and then just really laid it on about, you know, this is, you know, 16 looks that she gave me that I would have missed had I been on my phone, 16 moments to connect, 16 this, and it was just like... I just felt really bad because with so many... It's like I understand, yeah, if you're one of those people that's constantly on your phone and never looking at your child, yeah, yeah, something like this is probably important. However, for a lot of the moms out there who just feel like sometimes... That's all that that's the only interaction they have with the outside world. And they're constantly (laughs) doing stuff for for their children, constantly doing stuff for their family and being made to feel guilty for ever taking time for themselves. I just I was like, man, this I feel bad. This just doesn't seem right. I'm sure there's some women out there that this is just the needle that broke the. Camel's back—is that the right phrase?
0: Yeah, yeah. This, or yeah, then yeah. They,
1: no, the, uh, straw the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> That's right. You find a needle in a haystack, but a straw breaks camel's yeah. backs.
0: <laughs> That's okay. I understood. <laughs> it feels like a needle. It pokes. It hurts. But yeah, yeah no. I Good. remember feeling guilty when my daughter wanted to play with me. And when you are so exhausted like that, it's just very hard to be imaginative. And sometimes I just didn't have it in me. And we would sit down and play. And I just would feel, Oh, now I I really enjoyed reading with her more because even, but still sometimes I would be exhausted from reading, but at least I could let the book do the imaginative stuff because it's very hard when (laughs) you are just exhausted to be imaginative. And I also just, when they were really young, had a hard time to know, you know, I felt like, oh, well, we've we've already done this picnic playtime stuff. Now let's try to do this or, you know, and they could just do the same thing over and over again. Like, you don't have to have this whole repertoire of stuff.
1: Yeah. I remember babysitting my nephew and ba- literally for about two hours, there was this stack of maybe like 20 blocks mm-hmm. that we would just put on top of it, you know, one mm-hmm. another until we could get it as high as we could. And then he would say the funny thing, he, he would say, take it off, take it off. And he was meaning like, take it down. You uh-huh. like, knock it down. And we just built it again. And we literally did that for <laughs> two hours.
0: Yes. Chesterton has a quote about how children can do things over and over and over and never never grow tired of it. And, and actually he says that we're the ones that have grown old (laughs) and we can't, we get bored too easily. And then he kind of compares a child to God. God could do the sunrise every day and and it'd be beautiful and wonderful for him, but we get tired of it as adults. And so, yeah, (laughs) and that's just a reality. I mean, it's, it's hard, especially when you're just, you're just tired and, um i would encourage the moms out there to find a group of women and if you're in a church maybe even you know ask around find some older women the lord and just use them as mentors and say can i just come to you for advice and find a find one that you can trust not one that's going to be a miss busybody and you know you know that you have to be careful and you can pray for it pray for god to give you Um, Some um, bring someone to you. I was fortunate because I had a mentor that was, she's about 15, 16 years older than me. So she was someone that I could call. Now I didn't see her as much as I wanted to. We did go to the same church, but again, I lived 30 minutes away and then she lived even further away from there. And so it was hard to get together with her, but Anytime I was just at my wits end, I'd call her and she would just affirm me and say, you are a good mom and don't, you know, she had just such a balanced view of not being kind of a legalistic mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd call her up and she would, she just had a balanced view about things and just reminded me, you know, if you feed your child some food that's not organic, where if you give them a vaccine, it's not going to be the end of the world, you know, and, (laughs) but it's not what you hear from some people. So if you don't have someone like that in your life, just pray that God will bring you someone or several women like that, that you can lean on and go to for some, just some good perspective, because when you're in the midst of it, it's a very isolating time, especially I think this day and age where I mean, I didn't have anyone in my immediate neighborhood that I could go to. Um, most, if we live in a, a neighborhood that was built in the 90s, and I think most of the people here, their children are older. And, um, and so I didn't have any girlfriends that were my neighbors that I can immediately go to and let the kids play and just sit and have coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, Rebecca, as, as we talked about that just rest is really important, th- I think this is important not only for just apologetics because I mean th- this is an apologetics um podcast but spirituality is an important part of apologetics yeah uh if we don't if if we don't have something to defend and if we don't know what we're defending then what I don't even know if we know, <laughs> do we even know what we're doing at that point so I want to talk a little bit about just the importance of rest yeah um so one of the important things for rest I would say is to be a mom that's well rested you're mentally capable of interacting purposefully
0: with your children when my youngest turned three i mean my oldest turned three we decided to put her in a preschool in this little church down the street from us and um it's a wonderful preschool we heard wonderful things about it and the lady that ran the program was this grandmotherly lady and i came in and you know was signing hannah up and i was holding my youngest who was just you know a year old at the time and and I remember telling her, oh, you know, I'd love to put her in maybe just one. I had rape Hannah, my oldest, in two days. And I wanted, you know, maybe just my youngest in one day. But I said, oh, I just feel so guilty. You know, she's only a year old. And, you know, this parting with her. And she said, you know, she said, that's that's understandable. But she said, but remember that um, when you have your own mom time, that helps you be a better mom when yeah. you're around them. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, that is so wise when you have some time by yourself where you can just go to the store. You know, and that's what I ended up doing, go to the store. Actually, sometimes I would go home and I'd just rest. And so I put my youngest in for just one day, but I remember still, still feeling so guilty about that because I felt like I should be just having them home with me all the time. And I really, just for me, and some moms are okay with that and that's fine. But for me, I really needed my time alone. Yeah, And I really felt like that that was my recharging time so that when I was with them, they had more of me.
1: Yeah, they have. I think that's the key thing is they have more
0: of you. They have more of me. I'm not Sometimes spread thin. less I, of
1: you means more of you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so when I have my time alone, I can kind of gather myself up again. And then when you go with people, and this is, happens in all relationships outside of just family um, and, and in all times of life, when you are serving and... It's most obvious when you're a mom of young babies and you're a father, too, because they are the most dependent on you. So you are in a constant service mode. But Mm -hmm. think of this in all areas of Christian life. When you are serving other people, you are spreading yourself out. Your love is going out. And, yes, you might be getting some of the return, but not always, Mm -hmm. because sometimes people are desperate and children can give some back, but not always. (laughs) But you're getting spread thin. And so when you have time alone, that's when you can kind of gather yourself back up again and yeah. and recharge so that you can have more to give.
1: Well, we even think about in scripture, it's like if, I don't know, I, th- I just think we as women are so good at beating ourselves up. And like, I, I say this as like, you know, with my, you know, what, what are they called those? Those heavyweight <laughs> champion belts for, I'm like an expert at beating myself <sighs> up. Just ask Me my too. husband. Um but even Jesus had to take alone time. You look yeah. at the times in the scripture where it says he just like got away from everyone. He, you know, either went out onto the lake or he went mm-hmm. out into the wilderness or he went off. He went off to be by himself. It's like if Jesus needed alone time, we probably need alone time. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe sometimes uh, that feeling like we always have to be on. And this is something that I have, even though I'm not a mom, there's been times when I've been extremely productive, where once I start getting really productive if I ever have any downtime, I kind of almost get this anxiety of like, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? I could be doing something right now. I could be doing something productive. And it's like my state of mind doesn't even let me rest. And honestly, I think this is a weapon of the enemy that yes. he comes in to do this because he knows what we're like when we're not well rested. When I'm not well rested, I have a harder time connecting with God. Yes. I have a harder time connecting with people around me. I'm less patient. I'm less kind. Basically go down 1 Corinthians 13 and just say, I'm less of. (laughs) Or list.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm the anti. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's exactly where he wants us to be. And I think of um, uh, a friend of mine who was a single mom and she uh, had some health problems. And she, you know, one of her big regrets is she says that um, she was not able to discipline Uh, consistently because discipline takes energy. Uh, And so training our children up (laughs) in in right and wrong Mm. is itself very energy consuming. And
0: especially in these early stages where, I mean, I say that, I mean, we have, I haven't entered teenage years with my girls yet, but we're kind of in a, a calmer period discipline wise. It's more an intellectual type disciplining that we do now. It's less emotional, but as young ones, Oh my goodness. It was very emotional. Um, yeah. when they have that will and strong will and they're crying and, and the crying, I, I find that I just, my nerves, it's like
1: psychological warfare. <laughs> oh my
0: goodness. Yes. And my youngest would scream. She would just scream even as a tiny baby. She just would scream. Mm. That was just her. She was wired that way. And it took a lot of energy working on with them and maintaining patience and calm and, and all of that. It, It does take a lot of, lot of energy to help train these little ones. Yeah. So yeah, you have to have that rest. And I think you, you were right in just this sort of modern thinking that if we are sitting down doing nothing, we're not being productive. Productive is a word like, You know, (laughs) like that's a virtue. And I was today, you know, I I mentioned Chesterton a lot. (laughs) And people are like, oh no, I should just bring up Chesterton again. But I I love his writing. He was a very popular writer in his day in the early 1900s. And he was a journalist. He had his GKC, I think it was the GK Weekly, is what it was called. And there are like maybe even a thousand of these when I went to the Chesterton Library in Oxford this past summer. Oh my goodness. Well, and the 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 curator curator there, um he's a, a father, he's a um, Catholic priest. Oh, He was Ooh. so neat. Father Bertram, but he was like, "We need someone that can just go through all of these and catalog them cuz nobody had." <laughs> You're like, "I'll do it. I'll do it." I was like, "Um you need a librarian." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking at Lee, he's going, "Oh no." <laughs> Lee's
1: going, "Rebecca? No. No, Rebecca."
0: <laughs> but the thing is that Chesterton is hard for us to read today and I think it You know, and it's hard for me. I've had to get, I've had to learn how to read him. It's a skill because I think that we don't, people, everyone read him back then, but we just don't read prose like we used to. Um, Our education system has just gone way down, but somebody really needs to translate him. But I was listening to, I, I really find that Chesterton listening to him listening to someone read him read essays is actually a little bit easier than just reading it. And actually the best is reading and listening at the same time. But I was listening today to one of a collection of his essays. And one of them was, um, on lying in bed Mm. (laughs) and he starts off about, and this is so typical of him. He's just sort of, you know, just thinking about something and then he, he writes about it and it's just very amusing, but he's lying in bed and he's thinking, you know, I, there's this white ceiling, and it's just empty. I need to paint it. (laughs) And I was thinking, I could get a broom and and paint. And he said, but somebody wouldn't let me, who shall shall remain nameless, meaning his wife, wouldn't let him get a broom. (laughs) And he said, that same person will let me make charcoal out of my broom. And anyway, I don't know what he meant by that, but it it was kind of cute little reference to his wife, whom he adored. They had a wonderful relationship. She but, sounds um, like a practical lady. Oh, yeah. I think she was a very patient woman, actually. <laughs> <I'm sure laughs> I am sure he t- he'd have to be. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think she, he probably talked her ear off, and she just adored him. But he, he mentions that, you know, of all the marks of modernity, he writes that seemed to mean a kind of decadence there is none more menacing and dangerous than the exaltation of very small and secondary matters of conduct at the expense of very great and primary ones mm. at the expense of eternal ties and tragic human morality and anyway basically what he goes on to say is rest is one of these first things being able to just slow down and take time to to just enjoy life and to observe and not be constantly go, 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 and take to breathe and to rest. And he says, yeah. we elevate other things like, you know, productivity and he, he mentions cleanliness and, and all these things. And, and he said, and really, you know, why are those things even better than lying in bed? You know, lying in bed is good, it's healthy, you know, to get your rest. And um, I think that is so much the modern world. Um, you know there is the fine line you can become slovenly or what's a a slacker I guess is what we would say where you're not doing anything
1: everybody always wants to take all advice to the extreme and then everybody sees the person who took that extreme advice and then goes the extreme opposite other way and so we live in this society of polar opposites and nobody can understand the value of the other side
0: oh yes we really do I mean you see that definitely in the political realm Um, but I think when we make it it's, well, I think we do that when we are kind of we, we, we take a pride in one or the other and we use it as a pride a, a way to feel better about ourselves and really you know there's nothing wrong with taking some time to, to lie in bed and, and just when I was reading this I'm thinking oh, I wish I had read this when I was a, a young mom actually I didn't read any Chesterton then and I wish I had because he just lightens my heart and I really needed my heart to be lightened some of the Chesterton's writing that'll just slow you down in general. <laughs> just it trying really to does. Follow his
1: train of thought. That train goes in all sorts of different directions. Oh
0: my goodness, yes. But he had someone. He was someone who just had a sense of wonder that was very childlike and yeah. a, and just as large as the universe. And he he you can't help but get a little bit of it yourself when you read him. And that's kind of what you need as a mom. And that's one thing that you forget when you're tired. Yeah. Um, Because you're, you're reminded of your mortality and your humanity and and the fact that, you know, (laughs) I can't do everything. Well, you know, maybe there's too many demands. And so I, I was given advice to take time to rest. And, um, and, and when I discipline my, and and I had to discipline myself with that too. Mm. It wasn't easy to do, but when I did it, consistently, I really did see huge effects for me. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I was a more joyful mom. And yeah. I think that that, I think every mom yeah. needs to hear that. And so I try to tell every mom, I'm like, don't, just rest. <laughs> don't worry so, about all this stuff. And, you know, when they, they ask me questions, should I be doing this or this? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. And it's okay. It's like a, a big question because we have our daughters at a, at a classical school. A classical Christian school that's part homeschool, part school. They go two days a week. It's called a university model. And I have a lot of parents ask me, oh, you know, they, their child, I was actually just talking to a mom at the girls' ballet about this. She's like, oh, you know, we're 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 looking at your girls' school. It's called Quorum Deo. And she's like, I just don't know, you know, it's, it's like it's such a big decision. I'm, I was like, you know, it's okay. It's just kindergarten. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you try it and it doesn't work, there's all all kinds of other options and mm-hmm. um, and so just relax. It's not the end of the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think that's just kind of the uh, the theme for today is just it's okay to relax. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to not have to be productive at all times. In fact, um according to some pretty Pretty solid spiritual counselors. It's actually one of the wisest things that you can do as a mom. Uh, it allows you to mentally be capable of interacting purposefully. It helps you to uh, have the energy to help teach right and wrong. And with mm-hmm. uh, consistent discipline, it makes you more present with your children Um and Jesus did it. And if we're supposed to be like Jesus, then <laughs> that's, you know, some some of the other things of Jesus are kind of hard to take on a lot of his sufferings. But it's, it's kind of funny how it's like, why is it so hard for us to rest? But at the same time, sometimes we need people to say, you know what, you have permission to rest. This is a good thing. And so I think that's...
0: I think moms more than anyone, and maybe dads too, you know, dads have their own pressures, but definitely moms. Yeah, yeah.
1: definitely moms. So... So, that's, I think that's all we have for today. And so, I just want to say a prayer for the moms out there right now, just uh, a prayer for rest. Sounds good. Um, Father God, we just thank you so much that uh, you care about us as people, Lord. You don't care, you, you care so much more about what you're doing in us than what you do through us, Lord. Um, and you cared enough about rest to put it in your Ten Commandments, to take a whole day off to do, you know, you said to do, to do nothing. Don't do any work, Lord. And even though it's so wonderful to be free of the law at the same time, Lord, sometimes I think we've lost some of the benefits of the law where you had those things in there for, for us, Lord. It wasn't for the purpose of following rules. It was the, for the purpose of our flourishing. Um, God, I pray that when moms out there are feeling the pressure, to just keep going, 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 and always being productive and always having to have a thousand different activities, that uh, they would give themselves permission to stop and to rest, and that they would recognize the enemy for for who he is, Lord, the one that is wanting them to be exhausted, Mm. the one who wants them to be short-tempered, the one who wants them to just constantly be tired, Lord, and you are the God of rest. You say, come to me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come, I will give you rest, Lord. I pray that the moms would, out there would feel permission to rest. They would learn to delight in rest, and in mm. doing so, Lord, they can learn how to have a deeper relationship with you and have a sharper mind so that they can be raising children into a robust Christian faith that is reasonable, that is rational, that is defensible, uh, and that is uh, attractive and lovely, Lord, mm. Um We thank you, God, for looking out for our best. And we pray, God, um, again, that the moms would just give themselves permission to rest. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics,
1: please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. Have you been stumped by your kids already? Or maybe you have a nagging question of your own that you think would make a good podcast.
0: Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we will do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. We are all in this together.